Good morning, my friends. Welcome back. It's another Sunday and another time and an opportunity to look into God's Word. I love it every time you tune in with me because we are united in the Word. We are fellowshipping in the Word and it's such a joy to bring God's Word to you Sunday after Sunday. This is the last, in fact, of a series that we have been doing called The Greatest Advocate. And as we have been going through this, we've been essentially peeking into the heart of the Savior as we listen into His prayer the, what is known as the high priestly prayer of Jesus that we find in John 17. John 17 has become a famous passage for that. And as we have worked through that, we have come to the heart of Jesus to understand uh, who he is, his relationship with the Father, his desire for the saints, his desire for heaven and the future. And today we're looking at a very heartfelt part of the prayer where he expresses his desire to the Father. And if you've missed out some of the previous parts, you can go back, go to the YouTube channel, go to the go to the app and ensure that you get all those pieces of uh, information, that encouragement, that understanding and know the, the, the shepherd's prayer, the, the high priest's prayer for you, that you are prayed up, that you are resourced, that you are strengthened and that you are loved beyond measure. My friends, I could say a lot of positive things a lot of feel-good things. You know, there's a lot of preachers, a lot of speakers, a lot of uh, Instagram and, and Facebookers who, who put out a lot of very quote-unquote encouraging things. But you know what? The only true encouragement is really, really in truth. The only true encouragement is in truth itself, in knowing the person who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, in knowing who you are and where you're headed. It's not in feel-good but it's in knowing who you belong to. That's family. So that said, allow me to say a word of prayer for you and me this morning as we listen to God's word. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father in heaven, thank you so much for my friend, for my sister, for my brother. Uh, Lord, we have gathered here around your word and we want your word to unpack the things that are hidden in our hearts so that it might be exposed to the Lord, not to anyone else, in that he may search us and know us and see if there's anything that is damaging to us and remove it, anything that is bitter and remove it, anything that is painful and remove it, anything that is probably going to trip us up in the future, a sin, a desire, a, a, a potential uh, damage, Lord, for our future. Lord, I, I pray that you would search us and the exposure to you is always safe. It's always good. So, Father, I pray that you would lay our hearts bare before you and that you would search us. I also ask that as you open our hearts, you would pour hope into us. You are the author of hope. You are the one where hope, who, who generates hope. You are the one who generates hope and you pour your hope into us. I pray for my friend right now, I pray, Lord, whatever thoughts are plaguing them, whatever concerns and anxieties are plaguing them, that they would find themselves face to face with the Savior, the shepherd of their soul, the one who can truly lead and guide us. We are not people who can lift ourselves up. We are those who need to reach out. You've given us a hand and you've given us your hand and we can reach out and you're the one who pulls us up. You're the God who lifts us. You're the God who carries us. So Father, we can at best respond to your incredible care for our lives. Lord, if there's anything else that is unspoken, cares and concerns, anxieties that are unspoken, I pray for those things as well. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. All right, we're back and I want you to uh, go to John chapter 17 and those last few verses, just three verses, 24, 25 and 26. Let me read that for you. 
24 says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. Verse 25. O righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these the disciples, they know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Let these words never grow old. They are life and they are joy to us. And these last few verses, they're precious. They're precious to a person who knows Jesus, loves Jesus and is waiting for his return. And he's coming back. And that's what he has promised us. In fact, it is the only promise left unfulfilled yet. Every other promise in the book has been fulfilled. Let me get started straight away because I've got so much for you this morning. Open your Bibles. And if you don't, it's on the screen for you. And if you want a Bible, write to me and I'll send you a Bible. All right. Father, I desire that they also remember through the series, we've been talking a lot about they, these, them, they, these, them. He's talking about the current disciples. He's talking about future disciples. He's praying over all the disciples. And as he speaks to the father, he's praying for all the disciples, those then and those now. That's you and me. As he comes to God, the father, he approaches him as the son, the son who has rights, the son who has access to the father, the son who has a birthright into the father's business. You get that? Let's begin. He says in verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me. Why? Because you loved me before the foundations of the earth. So God the Father loved God the Son, and we will never understand this until we come into Christ, that the love of the Father is in the Son, and he has given him glory. He has given him uh, a status. He has given him uh, a reward. There are so many things that out of the love of the Father, his heart, he gives to his son. And Jesus is like, as you get to the end of this prayer, he's like, I want them also to have it. I want them to have what you've given to me. What an incredible desire. What a contrast to the other son. Do you remember the other older son who was jealous that the younger boy who was the prodigal son had run away and come back and was being celebrated by the father. And the father was giving him even after he had squandered everything. It was the older boy who just absolutely was so jealous and so upset that these. But here we have Jesus, what is known as an older brother in the faith. He is the one who has preceded us. He wants us to share the joy, the glory that is his. So he says, I desire that they be where I am. Where are you, Jesus? In the in, at home with the father. You're going back to the father. Where are you, Jesus? I am with my father. So I want you to be with me where I am. Let's get into the text. Here it is in verse 24, 25 and 26. Jesus says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the earth. So the first thing I want you to note is that Jesus approaches God as father. That's how you and I should pray. Jesus approaches God as the son with all the rights and access he has as the son. And he asks, he says these two things. He says, I desire. Isn't that beautiful? 
Isn't that beautiful? He gave the father what he desires. He gave the father what he wanted. Now he says, I want something. Can I ask you for it? And he says, I desire that they may be with me. That's what Jesus has always wanted. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he obeyed the father, because it was going to be worth it in the end. You know what uh, the gospel says about when Jesus was on the cross? He says, for the joy that was set before him, you'll find this in the book of Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him, he bestowed the cross. He, he went through the pain of the cross. What was that joy? That's you and me. Jesus didn't just die on the cross so that we may be saved. Jesus didn't only die on the cross so that his father may be appeased and God, God Almighty, who is the holy judge of all the earth, may be appeased and, and rightly so. But he also wanted that we be with him because he loved us. And if you want, if you love someone, you want that person to be with you. And if you love someone, you want that person to, you want to give up everything in order to have that person with you. So he says, I desire that they may be with me where I am. Jesus, where are you? Well, in heaven with the father, not on earth. He said last time, he says, I'm not on earth. I've come to the father. I have come home to be with you. Now I want them to be with me, which essentially means I want them to leave the earth and I want them to come spend the rest of eternity with me. The second thing he says I desire is I want them to see my glory because what they saw was gore. What they saw was bloodshed. They saw a human sacrifice. They saw uh, me in my weakest. They saw me walk the earth, the dusty roads of Jerusalem. And I want them to see me walk the streets of heaven. I want them to see me in all my glory that I had before the foundations of the earth when I was with you. I want them to see how powerful I am and how glorious I am and how beautiful I am so that they may know who they are in me. They may find their new identity in me. They may realize what they have in me. I am their exceedingly great reward. So he says that. That's the first thing he says. Moving on to verse 25, he says, O righteous father, even though the world does not know you. No, he doesn't. They don't. I know you and these know that you have sent me. So this is all bound together. Not only do you know Christ, by knowing Christ, you know the father. And even if the world doesn't know the Father, those who know Christ can know the Father. And those who know who are in Christ and know Christ have the love of the Father because the love of the Father to the Son is unconditional. The love of the Father to the Son is unconditional. Everything the Father can give the Son, he has given him and glorified him. And Jesus says, I want them in me and with me so that they may have everything that I have from you. They may have everything that I have from you. My brother and my sister, the day you realize the gravity of that truth, the day that blows your mind, your life will never be the same again. You'll never see rupees the same way. You'll never see relationships the same way again. You'll never see wealth and prosperity the same way again. Nothing other than heaven will excite you. Nothing other than the future will excite you. You will be completely changed in your worth system, in your value system and the way you see life and its values. And that is the change God wants to bring about in you and in me. Verse 25, O righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you sent me. So you get that, that there is an understanding that once you realize that Jesus was sent from God, 
Once you believe in Christ and once you come into Christ, you have now accessed heaven a hundred percent. You have accessed God the Father a hundred percent. He says, I made them known to you. I made known my name to, to them. I told them who you are, Father. And I'm going to continue to tell them who you are. Look at it on the screens. I'm going to continue to tell. Why? So that the love that with which you loved me. Did you get that? The love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Now he's reversed it. First, he was talking about them being with me and them being with me in the love that you, the Father has loved me. Now he says, I want the love that is in me to be in them. And I want me, I want myself, I want to be in them. Jesus, how are you going to do that? By giving them the Holy Spirit, by giving them this presence of the third head of the of the Godhead and, 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 and staying with them, living with them powerfully in all his glory, come to dwell among his people. And we found that 50 days after Jesus left, he sent the Spirit of God to be in us and with us. This, my brothers and sisters, my friends, is incredible because Jesus is following through on his promises. Jesus is asking God the Father to complete the process which he began in his work on Calvary. So as Jesus approaches God the Father, with the privilege and rightful uh, status of being a son, he now asks for his personal desires. He began by asking God for his own glory, that God the Father would be glorified. He then asked God for unity and power to be given to the disciples then and now. He then asked for the protection over his disciples because they were going to be in the world while he was leaving. And now he asked for his disciples to share the glory that he had before the foundations of the earth. This was now the final chapter, the final phase, the home run of what Jesus had begun to do in his salvation story. This final chapter is what he's going to finish up getting us home. The first chapter, the first one was he needed to give us life. Well, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So he needed to give his life in our place. And then he had to rise again, because if he just stayed dead, then our sins would not be forgiven and nobody would be able to advocate for the salvation that he has given. So he rose again because he, he had to be our advocate, not just here on earth, but in heaven. And then he had to commission his disciples to go out and tell the rest of the world. Otherwise, you and I would never have heard the gospel. So he had to send the disciples out. So he commissioned them, empowered by the Holy Spirit and sent them out. And now he has to finish the job of gathering everyone all through the ages of time back to the Father because that is the completion of the cycle which he began when he left heaven to come down to earth, to go to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. He is getting all of us back to the Father. That brings me to the Savior's heart. As I share with you this morning and bring the series to an end, Jesus desires to have you home with him. His will, his want, his desire from the Father is to have you home with him. What are your desires? What are mine? Jesus' own desires is not just that you should be saved, not just that you should live again, not just that you should be kept while you're staying on earth, not just that you should win others to Christ, but that you should come home to be with him forever. His desire 
is for you to be home with him. My brothers and sisters, for the believer, death is going home. My brothers and sisters, for the believer, death is going home. I want you to think about that. It's tapping out on earth's life. It's getting out of the game. Death is going home. For a believer, earth is not our home. The moment you become a citizen of heaven, you cease to claim residency on earth. You cease to claim an inheritance on earth. You cease to desire to continue to live on earth. Earth becomes a place you are here for, for a purpose, for a, a, a job to be done. A wonderful job, but a job to be done. And now you're just waiting for the Savior to call you home. For a believer, desiring to be with Christ is the greatest motivation to finish up well here on earth. Did you get all those three? For the believer, death is going home. For the believer, the earth is not our home. And for the believer, desiring to be with Christ is the greatest motivation to do life well on earth, finish the goal and say, Lord, take me home. I have run the race. I have finished the course. You and I, we're going to see Jesus again. We are going, we, we are the only ones who have the hope of seeing the one we've worshipped on earth. The one we've loved on earth, the one we've sacrificed for. You and I are going to see him. We are going to live with him in glory. The Bible says in John chapter 14, the world is not going to see me again. I'm going away. They are never going to see me again, but you are going to see me. Check it out in John 14, the first few verses. And he says, I'm going to go away. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you, but you're going to come see me. The rest of the world are never going to see me again. You and I have the hope and the joy that we will one day see Jesus face to face. Isn't that amazing? The first thing I want you to, as you look into the Father's heart, is that he desires that you be home with him. That's the desire of Christ. The second thing is he wants to share his glory with you. He shared the, his death. He shared his suffering. Paul says we share in the suffering of Christ. Paul says we share in the death of Christ. Those who die with him are also raised with him, the Bible says. Those who die with him are also raised with him. If we have shared in his suffering, will we not also share in his glory, the Apostle Paul says. So he says, I want to share my glory with them. He, they saw me in my suffering and in my death. I want them to see, them in, see me in my resurrection and in my glory. Bring them home, Father. Bring them home. So Jesus wants to share his glory. His heritage, which he has, he wants to share with you. And he wants everything that is his to be yours. All that I have, I want to give to them. All that I have, I want to share with them. The third desire Jesus prays for is that we would be recipients of the Father's love. See, let me tell you this. In all of eternity past, and for all of eternity future too, but for all of eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, which we don't understand but we believe, there has been this incredible love and unity between them. And God the Father and God the Son, our Father and Son, not in the Trinity, but in our perspective, because God the Father sent Jesus as Son, the only begotten Son, so that we, the sons of men, could become the sons of God. Not just children of God, but sons of God. 
that we could in Jesus enter into the experience of the love between God the Father and God the Son. I want you to understand this and I want you to become a student of this one pursuit the entire rest of your life that God wanted that what he has given in Jesus may be yours. Jesus wanted that what he has from the Father may be yours. That needs to be the greatest pursuit of the believer's life. The third greatest desire that Jesus has and he asked the Father is that we would be recipients of the Father's love. Look at verse 26. He says, I have made known to them your name. Got it? I have made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known. Why? So he's talking about how I have told them what name will give them access to the father, the name of Jesus. And I'm going to continue to spread that name throughout the world, how they will take my name. Because just as you sent me, I'm sending them. I have sent them out into the world. I've empowered them. I've given them everything they need. And I've sent them out into the world. They are my emissaries, my ambassadors, reconciling the world to me. I've done it, Father. But why have I done it? Look at it. Look at the verse. That the love of the Father for Christ might become the love of the Father for us. That the love of the Father for Christ may become the love of the Father for us. Let me read John chapter 14, verse 21, uh, 20 and 21 for you. John chapter 14. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 14, verse 20 and 21 says this. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. In that day, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Isn't that amazing? Let me do that again. Verse 20. In that day, you will know that I am in the father and you in me and I in you. So that's when you will realize this unity, this, this, this oneness that you have come into Christ and now you have access to the father through Christ, through Christ, in Christ. And in Christ, whatever the Father has given, all the love and affection for the Son is now yours. All the confidence the Son has is now yours. All that the Son has inherited and owns is yours. That, my friends, is sonship. And that's why Jesus is called the Son of God. Because in Him, we have everything that sons have. And God has called us to be sons in Christ. That is why. So he says, I have given them my name. They are going to pro promote my name. They're going to propagate, preach my name, declare my name. And the end product is the love that I have from the Father will also be theirs. How will Jesus continue to make God the Father known? He says, I left my words with them, my truth. He says, I have sent them my spirit. And he says, I have sent his, them as ambassadors. Just like you sent me, I have sent them out as ambassadors to declare the name through which man has access to God the Father. Why? I say it again. Because the love that Jesus has from the Father may be the love that you have from the Father. So everything that is in Christ may be yours. Jesus wants to give you everything he has. His position, his glory, his beauty, his, his richness, and his most of all, his access to the Father. In him, 
we have everything we have ever needed to be right with God. So if Jesus was all about the Father, we must be all about Jesus. That's how we could glorify Jesus. That's how we could do him justice. That's how we could please the Father. You are far more blessed, far more resourced, far more destined for success than you can ever imagine or come to know. He has brought us back to the Father. Jesus, he has brought us back to the Father. You want to know how amazing that is? That settles who you are. Because a person gets the identity from who their dad is, whose they are, who their father is. That settles where your true home is. Home is where your father is. You go back home. The prodigal son came back home to the father. He said, my goodness, this is so stupid of me. I'm over here eating, eating from the pigsty and back home my servants eat better than me in my father's house. Jesus went to the temple and he said to his parents, when his parents came panicking, looking for him, he said, why did you bother to search? You should have come straight to the temple. You should have known that I would be about my father's business. It settles the question what your business is. Jesus has brought you back to the father. Are you listening? It settles three things. It settles who you are, your identity. It settles what your true home is, not this earth heaven. And when you die, it's not tragic. It's tragic for the ones left behind. It's not tragic for you. You're going to heaven. And number three, your business. What is your business on earth? It's the father's business. Let me tell you another thing. Jesus shares his glory with you. He desires to share his glory with you. Your cross will become your crown. Your cross will lead to your crown. Your death will lead to life. Your future will be in heaven. Did you get that? Your cross will lead to a crown. If Jesus' cross led to a crown, your cross will lead to a crown. If Jesus' death led to life, your death will lead to life. If Jesus' future is in heaven, your future is heaven. You are wrapped up in Christ. The Bible says, as you see the days approaching, encourage one another with these words. As you see the days approaching, encourage one another with these words. My friends, today there is so much talk about self-help, motivation, living life to the full, maximizing your life, becoming a better person, becoming, uh, finding your destiny. Your destiny is where your father is. And Jesus has ensured with his death, life and resurrection that you get home, that you get home. And let us encourage one another with these words. I'm encouraging you. You may see sickness, suffering and death all around you. You may see fear, anxiety and economic chaos around you. But the fact is that Jesus has you covered. He is watching over you and he is appealing to the Father. He is advocating before the Father for you and he is waiting for you to come home and your future is great. Your future is great. Until then, while we're on earth, we have a father's business. We have the spirit with us. We have his words with us. We have a commission. We have a mission and we have his presence. Everything we've ever needed. 
So I hope that you're encouraged and I hope that you will go back to this chapter and you will read it over and over again until Jesus' heart becomes your heart and God's will becomes your will. And you find in, in Christ the joy and the fulfillment Jesus found in submitting to the Father. May the Lord bless you. I've enjoyed teaching this chapter to you and I hope that you will go back to this chapter and enjoy it. Friends, I want to remind you that next year, 2021 January, we will be launching a new series on the I am statements of the Lord Jesus. I want to invite you back. I want you to share the link with your friends. Make sure that everybody knows as we get back to the person of Christ, we're going to find out how Jesus is everything we ever need. And with every I am statement, I'm going to tell you about how you can be blessed in your life, how God will lift you up and how God will give you everything you need to really live your life to the maximum. Live your life to his glory and for his work. Jesus is the I am. In him, you have everything you need. Join me on the 10th of January as I begin a new series. Let your friends know. Be sure to join me and I can't wait to get started with you. God bless.